Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. Today, we're talking about aspects of fear and how they influence our life, relationships, and calling. You see, the fear man leads us down a path of shaping our identity in the wrong direction, and in the process creates emotional chaos. Thankfully, God has a better way of life for us, and we can start living it right now. Let's get right into it. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And today we're going to talk about fear. And I know for me, um, I just... I just didn't think I dealt with fear. I just didn't think that was something that that I lived with um, because, you know, we think of fear in a in a certain way. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I just didn't, you know, I didn't deal with terror. I didn't deal with these big oppressive things. Yeah. Um, but then I realized at some point, I realized that fear was really controlling my life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that came through teaching and through revelation. Um, and so one of those teachings was on three levels of fear. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to toss that over to uh, Dr. Melody to kind of share what those three levels are. Well, uh, let me give a little bit of an introduction because we have to recognize how destructive fear is and how we actually function opposite of who we are when we're afraid. And so if I'm a a passionate, outgoing person, when I get afraid, I shut up, I pull back, I sit down, I withdraw. And so that's the opposite of who God created me to be. And I actually... Uh, the gifts and the talents and the abilities I have are literally uh, squelched and hindered. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just me personally, but it's what I carry. I literally show up opposite. Yeah. And it doesn't always feel like fear, like I'm running from a snake or something, yeah. you know? It It is an internal fear that starts with those levels of fear. And so we don't want to live by default. We want to live by design. Right. And God chose us in Him before the foundations of the world. And so we want to walk in the fullness of our calling and our destiny. So really, fear is something that affects our identity. It's not just an, it's not just an emotion, right? Correct. But it's actually a perversion of... Of our identity. Yes, it causes us to live our lives taking and getting to meet our need rather than contributing to our world out of who God created us to be. Mm-hmm. And so when we walk in the true reality of who we are, heaven's reality of us, then there's this beautiful expression of who we are and the call of God upon our life. So that's why we want to confront these three levels of fear. So Mm -hmm. let me talk about the first one first, and that is sociological fear. And that simply is the fear of man. I am so afraid of what somebody is going to think about me. And what is powerful about that is if we can confront the fear of man, it'll never go to that second level. And that second level is psychological fear. And that is where now my emotions are effective. And I had uh, these mindsets and these feelings and this driven thoughts that are fear-based, like maybe I'm not good enough or uh, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I'm uh, not smart enough or I don't fit in or uh, just all these lying mindsets. That's a psychological fear because first of all, I was so afraid of what man thought of me. And now I think, well, maybe they're right. I can Mm -hmm. tell Joel's sitting over there right now (laughs) with his arms folded. So he must be upset at what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So now I start 
living in fear, even though it might not feel like fear. Yeah. I'm living in fear because maybe I'm not doing a good job. And if I don't deal with Mm -hmm. it on that level, then it goes to the deepest core fear. And that is where it attacks our identity. And now I can't see my value. I can't see my worth. I don't see heaven's perspective about me. I just see myself through the grid of a false reality because my emotions are so wrapped up in the fear of man. Yeah. And I think, I know for me, um, it was already at the third level when I realized anything. Uh And so I, I... I would say probably most people. Most people, yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking maybe we can kind of work backwards here um, because when it's an identity issue, it's going to affect every decision that you make, every thought that you have, the grid of how you see the world, of how you see your relationship with other people. It's all coming from that framework of identity. And so if there is that deep fear of identity, uh, or or that something is wrong with me, mm-hmm. um, then that's going to affect everything else. So uh, I was just thinking maybe we can kind of work backwards um, because I know I had to deal with the level three fear before I could even understand the level one fear um, and, and be healthier from that point. I think that's where the word of God says, when we know the truth, we are made free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes- well, that's what I was going to say earlier was, Fear is really based around lies. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where the that's where the power is. If you believe the lie, you're gonna reap the the consequence of yes. it. Yes. That's so true. It really is based in a lie. And sometimes those lies come from our experiential reality. So we've gone so through something. So it feels something. very true, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, if all you heard all your life is you're dumb or you're stupid, mm-hmm. that immediately you're believing lies. First of all, you heard it from a person, fear of man. Mm-hmm. Mommy is upset with me. Daddy's upset with me. The teacher's upset, upset with me. My mm-hmm. friends don't like me. Yeah. And then I live in the fear of that. So guess what? I might not be good enough. Mm-hmm. So that is the what you said, Katie, is so good because that's usually the place where we recognize. Once it hits our identity, we mm. recognize that it's fear at that point. Yeah. And I know for me, you know, I grew up in a wonderful, loving household and and things weren't necessarily spoken over me, but just because of things that happened, the mm-hmm. thoughts that I told myself then became this reality for me that affected uh, my whole life. And so uh, I know a couple of years ago, I went through this intense period of anxiety. I never really dealt with it in this forefront way, or at least I didn't realize that I was dealing with anxiety. And um, a counselor said, well, anxiety is just fear. And when she said that, it was like something dropped in my spirit and there was a revelation mm-hmm. that I was being influenced by fear. And so all of the this anxiety that I was feeling that I was going to be uh, abandoned and all these different, they now they sound crazy to me, but then they were so true that like they're literally affecting my body. Like I'm, I'm feeling nauseous and all these effects of anxiety because there was a root somewhere from way back when uh, of a thought that I believed as true that was never actually true. And so it, it's true. Fear is a liar. It will lie to you in the most subtle mm-hmm. ways um, in your thought life. And as soon as you embrace that thought as true, 
then it's going to start affecting everything that you do, everything that you believe. And when fear twists reality, then we're blinded. We cannot see, mm -hmm. right? It's yeah. like our hands, our hearts are yeah. bound. Right. And we aren't free to be, going back to my very first point, we become then the opposite of who we truly are. So when you were going through anxiety, it was hard for you to teach or preach yeah. or yeah. just to live life just to think loving clearly. relationships <laughs> yeah. and enjoying life because it was so perverted uh, from that core fear of not seeing the beauty of Katie Stansfield. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I really had to work through and consciously speak truth to that lie. Um, but you can't do that until you know what the lie is. So I think that's, that's really important. That's really powerful is when we recognize the truth, when we see what God says about us um, at an identity level, then we can start confronting any area of our life that's not lining up with what he says about us. And fear really hates to be exposed. Yes. And that's why it 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 masks itself, it masquerades itself as uh, wisdom or it masquerades itself as, as concern or um, just from experience, right? Because fear can, can be rooted in an experience that you had. So sometimes we're thinking that it's just wisdom, but it's actually controlling our life to the point where it's bringing destruction. And it talks us out of being who we are. Mm -hmm. And if I do this, what is going to be somebody else's response? And, and it's, it's so true because wherever there is fear, it literally sabotages who I am and what I'm called to do. Mm -hmm. And we know the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if fear is from the enemy, the end result will always be stealing, killing, and destroying in our life. So that's why this is so important to address this, because Christ has come to give us life and life more abundantly, life to overflowing. And I think it's so important here. The whole podcast is about life exchange, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about... And fear uh, is like um, <laughs> a blockage to exactly. that. <laughs> you, yeah. you don't have healthy relationships if you're living in fear. Because yeah. when you're living in fear, now it's all about me. I need Joel to remove this sense of fear so I can be who I'm called to be. And Joel doesn't have the power to do that for me. Yeah. It's only me connecting with truth and the reality of heaven that begins to dismantle that fear. Mm -hmm. So I'm not living in the fear of man of what Joel thinks. I'm not living in how Katie viewed what I said today or didn't say today. Now we have truly a healthy exchange of life mm -hmm. because there is not fear in us relationally. Think about that. Yeah. And so it's not just how it affects me personally. It It's how it creates a dynamic relationally. It actually, the more we have confronted this through the years, I believe it is the thing that has helped the culture in our church to become mm. very safe yeah. because now we have a dismantling fear culture. Mm-hmm. So when we talked, I think it was our first episode on being a gossip-free zone. Yeah. Well, when there is no fear, there is no temptation to even gossip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's really powerful because when we dismantle fear, we become fear's worst nightmare. Yeah, I and mean, since, <laughs> since we're talking about church-related things, 
I think fear is probably one of the most acceptable spirits in the church. There you go. And we we baby it. We and and I think probably the reason is because we all experience it. Yeah. We can all relate to it. But I've realized feeling loved is not the same as being loved. Oh. Uh, yeah. And so in the church, we want people to feel love, but it might not be a true love because we're trying to protect them, you know their view of us, or we want them to keep on coming to church. And so we don't aggressively address things like that because in ourselves, we're afraid. That's right. But, what you were just saying was very fear-based. Yeah. So we're doing all these fearful things. So we patronize other people in the mm. midst of their fear, saying, it's okay, we understand. And we do understand, Yeah. but it's not destroying that. And so if we become the opposite of who we are when we're afraid, we are actually supporting people's unhealthy thought processes, unhealthy behaviors, because we are afraid to address it. Yeah. And we know in scripture that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Right. We also know that perfect love cast out fear, and we know that God is love. So you have to understand that God is committed to driving fear out of your life. And a lot of times we 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 think of that as a passive thing, but that word is to drive out or mm -hmm. to cast out like a like an invading invading army trying to come in and and take over. So God is committed to driving out fear in your love because perfect love, God is love, perfect love cast out fear. Well, and even that scripture, it says perfect love casts out fear and fear has to do with punishment. Yeah. So again, it goes back to an identity issue. If I'm afraid that I'm not enough or that I'm going to do something wrong and I'm mm. going to be punished for it, then I'm going to walk in fear. So love, again, it's not that feeling. Love love covers a multitude of sins, you yes. know, like, um, so it's not, a, it's no longer about, oh, I have to be perfect. I have to measure up. I can just be mm. free, which is such a good feeling. Well, that, that verse could also be translated as torment. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's not just a future thing. It is, if you Present. walk in fear, you experience or you have torment. That's that anxiety. Katie, yeah. And right I think there. about, I think we are, at least I'll speak for myself, like we can be professional, like doomsday prophets, like mm -hmm. something happens and we tell ourselves the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. So like I have a friend and we'll be watching a movie and maybe she hasn't seen the movie, but I have. And so every 30 seconds, it's like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to mm -hmm. like convinced that there's going to be death and destruction. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, we sometimes just live that way of, when, we, when I say something, oh my gosh, what are they going to think? Like, it's mm -hmm. just the worst case scenario, which is torture. It is psychological torture. For sure. For sure. And I know what that's like to live in that. I know what it's like to not live in that. And the latter is is much, much better. So much better. <laughs> because then we can love life. We can really enjoy life because I'm not driven to do things to try to get something or fix something or remove this negative uh, thought process. It, it is just so liberating just to be who we are. And that takes us back Let's go back to the very first level, and that is the fear of man. Because yeah. the fact is, when I know who I am in God, mm -hmm. and that identity is strong and secure, the fear of man will not 
be able to control me. So, so it's hard for a lie to come in yes. when you have a foundation of truth. Exactly. Yeah. And so the moment I recognize that I am so afraid of what somebody else thinks of me, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you, in, in a world where fame and platform and appearing a certain way uh, is is drives people. Mm -hmm. It's like they're they're living with a fear of man. So if I don't mm -hmm. have enough likes on my Facebook or or enough people have not watched our digital recording, you mm -hmm. know, from church, we mm -hmm. must be doing something wrong or half and the those church things are really subtle. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you feel them deeply, don't you? Mm -hmm. If yeah. half the church isn't there on Sunday, you know, what are we doing wrong? You know, mm -hmm. or we didn't do this or we didn't do that. Or are they upset with us mm -hmm. or whatever it might be? And, oh, okay, now I have to jump through all these hoops to try to get them back in yeah. the and chairs. It, it makes you crazy. It, it makes yes. you go crazy. That is mm -hmm. all the fear of man. And what's the Bible say? That the fear of man is a snare. Another definition, it sets a trap for you. So yeah. whenever I'm afraid of the opinions of man, because see, if I'm walking in my true identity, I am honoring my God. Mm -hmm. I'm walking in the fear of the Lord. Yeah. And I'm knowing who he is and who he is in the midst of me and who I am in him. And so the moment I'm concerned now, what does Joel think of me or what does mm -hmm. someone else think of me? I am literally separating myself from what God thinks of me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sabotaging my own identity. So. Yeah. That's the trap. It's a trap the enemy sets for us where we get so consumed about how somebody else views us and what is their perspective of us that we begin to change what we do, how we say, how we function. And we're not functioning in that mature love anymore because mm -hmm. now it's all about, I want them to like me. Yeah. I want them to say, oh, Melody is great. Isn't she awesome or mm -hmm. whatever? And so now I'm doing everything for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So it sets a snare for us. You know, and I think it's in Jeremiah, it says, don't be afraid of their faces. Yeah. My goodness, I cannot be controlled. I remember years ago, you know, when women weren't supposed to be in ministry and they weren't supposed to preach. And I was stubborn enough to still get up and preach. And my husband was supported enough to uh, challenge me and push me to do what God's called me to do. Mm -hmm. But I remember standing up there preaching in, uh with a bold determination of not allowing them to shut me up, but living in fear the whole time mm -hmm, yeah. because I'd see their arms cross. I'd see them glaring at me. And mm -hmm. then I would prepare myself for the gossip that would come afterwards. <laughs> and so, you know, I was fighting for my identity, but still driven by the fear of man. Yeah. And so we've got to confront that and say, my only responsibility is to love them. I have no power over their opinions of me. I have no power over their choices. My only responsibility as a minister, as a business owner, whatever I do, my responsibility is to love people unconditionally, to see their value, to see their worth, treat mm -hmm. them with that respect, do what is right concerning others, and be who God created me to be. Yeah, and I think... Sometimes it's like, I think we make the stakes so high. So, so say, you know, I say something that somebody doesn't like, well, we make it this massive deal that if they yeah. don't like what I said, oh my gosh, yeah. it's this like 
huge, like identity crushing thing. But if you really think about it, if somebody doesn't like what I said, like, so what? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, if it's ruining your week, I mean, there, there's definitely uh, bondage there. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of times, have have you ever had, okay, let's say I get up and preach a bad sermon, which has happened already, and then <laughs> I just beat myself up for days and weeks and or whatever. And nobody else is thinking about it. They yeah. probably thought it was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, it's so, it's so, it's like the fear of man truly is a snare. The fear of man is torturous to our soul. Do you see how it starts? I'm afraid mm -hmm. of what they think. So now I'm living, oh man, and it affects my life. And then my mind processes it all the time. So I'm giving fear a huge access. And now I look at who Melody is and say, you know, I'm really not good enough. Maybe I shouldn't even be preaching or maybe I shouldn't be consulting or maybe I shouldn't be doing these things. And I've done all that to myself just because I let the fear of man in. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So what you're saying is that if you can deal with that first level Mm -hmm. and really confront it, uh, it won't lead to... The next level of fear. That's right. If I just recognize, bless their hearts. It's okay. Everyone Mm. has different opinions. Mm. Maybe they disagreed with what I spoke, or maybe they didn't like my delivery. And but if I know I am honoring God and my heart is pure, and I know I'm being authentically me, and I want to say this because the more authentic we are, the more we are challenging to people who are afraid to be authentic. The more free we are, Mm -hmm. the more challenging it is to other people who aren't free. Yeah, that is so true. That is so true. And so we, it's the, my, I love the fear of the Lord. And a lot of people are afraid to talk about the fear of the Lord, but I, I, I created my own melody definition for it. And the fear of the Lord to me is I don't want to do anything that hurts my father's heart. And if I know on the inside of me that I'm honoring my father, mm-hmm. then I must be okay with the opinions of man. Yeah. So am I going to exalt someone else's opinion above God's opinion? Right. And and I think if I've I've learned to walk in that, I just need I need my father's approval. I need my father's blessing. I need his grace. I need his favor. And if I'm walking in that, that's what gives me the boldness and security to be authentically me. Yeah. And not everybody is going to like it. But the moment I'm challenged by that fear of man and confront it, it'll never affect me psychologically. Yeah. And if I'm not affected psychologically, I have literally told the spirit of fear. You have no place in Melody Hilton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul even deals with that. You know, how can you be a servant of God and fear man? Ooh, that's good. So true. They're, they're like oil and water. They don't mix. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's actually a scripture um, that I had noted in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. And uh, in this context, uh, the writer is kind of talking about how we should treat people Um, And it says, let your conduct be without covetousness, Mm -hmm. um, which I think has a lot like comparison. You know, when Mm -hmm. we're afraid, we we step into comparison. But it says, be content with things as with such things as you have. 
For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Mm. What can man do to me? And I just think that's so powerful because if he is the number one source in my life, yeah. is if he is my protector, my provider, um, my, my source of identity, then I know he's never going to leave me. I know he's not going to forsake me. And what mm-hmm. can man do to me? It just like nips it in the bud. If I can see that he is the most powerful, which yes. your definition of the fear of the Lord is that you don't do anything that would hurt his heart. My personal definition of the fear of the Lord is nothing is greater than God in my life. And mm-hmm. so anytime that I would exalt man's opinion or um, their identity or their ideas of who I am mm-hmm. above what God says that I am, then I've stepped into the fear of man instead of the fear of the Lord. And so I just think that's a really, like, he he just says it plainly. I will never leave you, forsake you. You do not have to be afraid of man. Yeah. And that's why the Bible says to compare yourself one another. It's just not wise. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the moment I compare myself with somebody else, I'll either see myself better than them mm-hmm. or less than them. Yeah. And both are destructive. So I think um, one way that I've learned to look at fear just personally is uh, self-preservation, uh, which we do have a, a natural fear built into us that is good so mm-hmm. that if a bear is attacking you in the woods, you mm-hmm. react. Um, and so I've heard people kind of get into this little debate when when people say, well, fear is is of the devil. And they say, oh, no, fear is a God-given thing. And mm-hmm. both are true because we do have a natural instinct to keep mm-hmm. us from danger. The problem is that our mind, our brain cannot differentiate between a physical attack and an ego attack. And so when someone um, comes and they say something to me that I take as an ego attack, then that fear instinct rises up in me and I fight back. Um, That's, am I, am I correct? Mm -hmm, This is mm -hmm. when the, the fear or the freeze fight or flight instincts kick in. Mm -hmm. And so now I am again, acting against my identity to protect something that may or may not even have been a reality. Somebody might have said something to me. They meant it one way. I perceived it another way. And Mm -hmm. now that has controlled my response, my way that I look at them, my way that I look at myself. And so um, I think it's just a really, it's a really important and really powerful thing to recognize that um, that fear instinct or that fear response in us really has to be checked. Is this something that is is actually meant to keep me safe or am I just guarding myself, protecting myself against a threat that is perceived um, that is that is going to lead me into a path of of being controlled by fear? Yeah, that that's really a good point because we will be able to process our thoughts when we're able to differentiate, is this a physical threat? Like if I see a snake, I'm going to run and I'm going to feel fear and I'm going to have an adrenaline rush, you know, I'm going to have all that stuff. But immediately I'm going to recognize I the hate threat snakes. Is, well, the threat yeah. is gone once you're out of the yeah. situation. And, and I recognize, okay, of course this makes sense. I hate snakes. And so that that was a physical threat. But when it starts becoming an ego threat. Yeah. Ego means it's about me. Right. So now this is attack on me as a person. So somebody makes a comment about a post I comment and they're critical and they mm-hmm. right away I feel that ego threat. Uh-uh. 
stop. Can you I'm, explain that? You said ego threat. Is that what you guys mm -hmm, were talking yeah. about? Uh, yeah. Can you just explain that? Well, ego is self. Sure. So when I'm driven uh, to protect myself, mm. when it's all about uh, guarding myself from any external danger, mm -hmm. and if Joel becomes a danger, really, that's the fear of man. Yeah. People become the danger to me. Mm. So what do we do? Our propensity is if people become our danger, we put walls around our heart. Mm -hmm. And the wall doesn't just keep people out. It keeps me locked in. Yeah. And isolation is There's destructive. There's no exchange of yeah. life. There's no exchange of life. Exactly. I see what you did there. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> There's absolutely <laughs> no exchange of life because I'm protecting myself from people. Yeah. When rather than allowing people just to be who they are, thoughts, flaws, warts and all, you know, just <laughs> let them be them, but don't take it personally. Isn't it true something happens and we're very quick to take it personally? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is an ego threat. Yeah. And what happens whenever there is fear, ego threat or physical threat, what happens, we are led by emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're driven by the feeling of that. Which the emotions emotion. are not truth. The um, lying emotions. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Unless it is a snake. That's pretty true right there <laughs> in front mm -hmm. of my feet. But yeah. um, it's what's happening in my brain becomes emotion driven not wisdom driven yeah and but what's so powerful is if we can stop and just say all right melody am i am i going to be controlled by susie's opinion melody are you going to worry about that and just mm -hmm. just immediately bring it in and submit it to wisdom, mm -hmm. submit it to truth, submit it to my identity in Christ. So I've got to take, because all this stuff, it's going to hit us mm -hmm. 20 times a day. Yeah. You know, we're going to have temptations for it. But when the more aware we are, the more we can make wise decisions and not be driven by the emotion of fear. Yeah. And I think fear loves to stay mysterious. I think it likes to stay isolated and it likes to stay um, uh, even isolated in communication. So mm -hmm. I just think of some times where um, somebody had come to me and, and they said, well, this person thinks this of me and because I'm this and I'm a horrible person and I messed up again, blah, blah, blah. And I say, okay, so tell me more about what actually happened. And so when they start saying, well, this happened, I said, okay, so this person, like they had this look on their face. Did you ask them what that meant? <laughs> and I, I mean, 10 times out of 10, they'll say no. And yeah. so we create this whole story mm -hmm. because fear does not, it's anti-truth. So well, it, it, wants, it wants to keep you in the lie. Yes, yep. yes, exactly. It is a lie. Fear is a liar. Yeah. So um, so if we can move past that and become stronger than that fear and say, no, 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 I'm going to seek out truth here. And so even in those, those triggers, when somebody says something and, and we feel it has triggered that fear pattern in our lives, mm -hmm. say, Hey, when you said this, can, what did you mean by that? I felt it this way. Is that what you meant? 
And I just, I have just seen more times than not that that right there just crushes it. It stops the cycle of fear from continuing. And I think also um, isolation, fear wants to keep you alone. And Mm -hmm. so I know we use this scripture all the time around here, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence for Mm -hmm. from it flows the wellspring of life. And uh, an illustration I've used in the past is if you think about your heart uh, as as a safe house, um, you're, if you read that scripture in fear, it says, okay, guard your heart with all diligence. Mm. To a lot of us, that means I am the one that keeps me safe. It is up to me yeah. to protect myself. Mm. And if I think about that, if I have everything that I hold dear in this one room mm. um, and I'm the only one to protect it, I know you guys can't see me, but I'll just tell you, I'm not the strongest one in the bunch. <laughs> so <laughs> if it's left to me to keep it safe... Mm. I'm only going to be able to do so much. Um, So if you think about it even logically, the best way to guard your heart is not by yourself. It's surrounding yourself with people who will stand with you, who will um, care about the things that you care about, who will fight with you. And so fear will do the opposite. It wants to keep us alone. It wants to keep us isolated. And it's just a lie. It's just, that is just not the best way to keep yourself safe. Mm Mm-hmm. Really, isolation is a a prison we put ourselves in. Yeah. And I love the illustration that you gave because what you did with an individual comes and said they think this. What you did is you did the wise thought processes to bring them to reality. Which is a lot easier to do when you're not the one in the thick of the emotion. the emotion's not there. But what? Perfect love or mature love. When I know God's love for me and I can actually love myself. Yeah in God, when I can do that, then I go through those thought processes. That's what maturity is. I go through those thought processes by asking myself those questions and bringing myself into the true reality so I can confront it out of the strength of my own character and out of the truth that resides inside of me. Now, that might take some years to get to yeah. because it's practice, right? right? Mm-hmm. Who by reason of use, our senses are exercised to discern both good and evil. So the more I practice healthy thinking, the more fear will not have a foothold in me. Yeah. And uh, it is a lifestyle we must have day in and day out. We cannot take a vacation yeah. And say, I want to have a pity. You know, a pity party is fear-based. Do you know that? And so I just want to have a pity party for a while. It yeah. feels good for me to feel sorry for myself for a day or week. But now soon I've given that access to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even those cycles of fear, you know, it's kind of creature comfort. When you're so used to something happens, it enters this cycle and it just goes around and around. That's, that is actually your natural habit at that point. And Mm -hmm. so it really takes a conscious choice to stop that from happening. I know for me, um, when I was going through that anxiety, I just started saying, no, Katie, we're not telling stories right now. <laughs> and so what that was doing was, and I, I would say it out loud. I would say, Katie, you're not telling stories right now. And what that was doing was saying, okay, something just entered. Information just came in and it wants to go and create this fear narrative. And I would mm-hmm. say, no, we're not doing it. And so that became a conscious thing that I just said to myself all the time, which was really helpful. It has to be, it has to come into your consciousness and, and it has to be a choice. And one thing else you did is when it was overwhelming, you went 
to someone yeah. that brought truth. Yeah. So I really want to make it clear, even though we want to develop that level of of emotional maturity so we're able to process that for ourselves, the fact is if we're not, we need to get help. Yeah. We need to go to people that are not going to baby us, not pity us, uh, not help us compromise, but are going to speak truth to us in love and help us process through our emotions you know, and ask us those questions and and give us the the processes as it were to be able to overcome fear. And so if you need that, you need to go get it yeah. because sometimes we can't do it by ourselves because right. it has been just way too many years that we're not able to, to separate uh, a process of thought even from what could be a spirit of fear to yeah. recognize that this is a demonic spirit that is trying to take hold of us. One thing that um, my relationship with the Holy Spirit has shown me throughout the years was is that he'll he'll confront a lie within me. You know, thank you, Jesus, that yeah. he doesn't reveal every lie that we yeah. believe because <laughs> yeah, it would be a little too much, right? <laughs> But, you know, one of those was, it is what it is, you know, and I realized that that was a, a powerless statement. Um, it kept me in a, a place of victimhood. Um, and actually, recently, I was talking with Katie, uh, this actually this past Sunday, um, God just spoke to my heart and said, you care too much uh, about what people think. Mm. I said, oh, that must be the next thing that the yeah. Holy Spirit is going to be dealing with. I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, I mean, when I look back at my life, I see that fear of man has been a snare for me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I'm interested to see how uh, Holy Spirit works this lie or confronts this lie within me. But I was just wondering, like, since we're talking about fear, man, like what are some things that, you know, maybe I could be aware of and maybe you can share with the listeners, you know, how, how we can really address this, this fear. Well, what you said was so good. I care too much about what people think. I recognize that is a lie. Mm. And when you care too much about what people think, now it starts affecting you. You start processing. What if people think this? What mm -hmm. if they think this? What if they think that? And so now it starts affecting you and say, well, maybe I am wrong. Maybe, you know, what I think they think, which they might not even be thinking, and yeah. they're probably not even thinking, but I think they're thinking that. Yeah. So now I start well, saying, what <laughs> if they're true? And yeah. now I start embracing it as myself. And then it affects my identity. Yeah. So do you see, just to be able to confront the lie of, and it's not saying, oh, I don't care what people think. Yeah. We all care because yeah, we value relationships. I guess yeah. that's what the balance is because I don't want, you know, I don't want to swing to one side and be like, I'm just going to be brash and harsh. <laughs> no, because no, love, real love, mm -hmm. uh, cares for people, cares mm -hmm. for their heart, cares for their emotions, cares for their growth, cares for, you know, all the things that, and that's why I think it's so important that we, we want to do everything in our ability not to hurt another. Mm -hmm. We don't want anyone to be afraid of what we think. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, do you ever notice sometimes if there's a controlling person, they will, uh, sh 
they will communicate harshness. They'll communicate controlling things. Mm -hmm. Well, if you really loved me, you would do this. Or, you know, I don't like when you do this. So when you stop doing that, then. So Mm -hmm. really what they're doing out of their fear, they're trying to manipulate someone else through fear. So we have so many relationships that are so fear-driven. But when you, in a healthy way, say, I cannot live my life and make my decisions based upon what somebody else thinks of my decision, if I'm walking in the fear of the Lord, if I'm okay, if everything's okay with me and God and I'm obeying him, then I have to let the chips fall where they may, and everyone is going to have to walk out their own salvation with fear and trembling in relationship to the decisions I make. But I am responsible before God for the decisions I make. Yeah. And if I'm okay with him, I'm okay. And But I'm really glad you brought that up, Joel, because we do care about others, and we do yeah. want to treat others with a love, respect, and honor in which God treats us. And and if we treat people the way we want to be treated, you know, the golden rule, when we do that uh, and we we act out of a place of authenticity without fear, I think we start developing a different culture because we treat people the way they should be treated, but we refuse to walk in the fear of man so we can be authentically who God's created us to be. Yeah, I love what you were saying of, you know, you know, if God is for us, who can be against us? Or like, what what can man actually do to yeah. me? Yeah. Having that attitude, you know, if you are, if your if your eyes are set on Him, you know, and your heart is connected with Him, it it really diminishes fear. Yeah, I think sometimes we sabotage the blessings and the favor that God wants to give us because we're afraid of what someone else will think. I remember, uh, and this was way back in the early years of ministry where if you were in ministry, you had to be poor. And (laughs) if I got a new dress, now I don't even wear dresses, but uh, if I got a new dress, I would leave it sit in my closet for about two months before I wore it. So (laughs) when someone said, oh, you got a new dress, I'd go, oh, I've had this a while. Mm-hmm. Do you see this the psychological yeah, torture ex- that we live under? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just crazy. And it was like I that's how I lived. Why? Because I lived in shame. We'll have to do yeah. a podcast on shame. But I lived in shame, which is a false identity. Yeah. Which created false realities. Mm-hmm. So my actions were false. Right. And I would jump through all these emotional, psychological hoops to try to protect myself all because I got a new dress. Yeah. Now, hey, if I got something new and somebody says, hey, you got something new, yeah, I like it, you know? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and But I want them to have something new too. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just wanted to go back to uh, like what you were saying, Joel, about um, how God revealed that to you about the fear of man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking, you know, God is so kind to reveal those things when, mm. when it's, when it's time, when we're ready. Yeah. Um, and so I was just thinking, as you said that he revealed that. And so now you're going to become aware of it because he is illuminating this. Yeah. This is not something mm-hmm. that you tried to dig up and deal with, yeah. but which is he, exciting. Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, we know what's on the other side when he sure. reveals something, it's yeah. to heal us. And so now, like, if you recognize that, that thought of the fear of man, it's like, you can break that down now and say, okay, do I love this person? Mm. Yes. <laughs> Is there any ill motive? And it brings truth 
to those mm. things that before were functioning in that lie fear cycle. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's how a lot of freedom came is like now when those things come up, when those thoughts come into my mind, it's now been brought into the light. It's no longer in the dark. It's no longer affecting me unaware. So now I've, I've become aware of it. Mm-hmm. I can start to bring truth, even logic <laughs> into mm-hmm. some of those thoughts and mm-hmm. it dismantles that that cycle, which is is where freedom comes. And when there is no fear, we can have the full experience of love. Mm -hmm. So when you confront that fear, Joel, you know, it's like, man, there's going to be a whole new level of love that I experience from Mm -hmm. God and from others. And then that increases the joy inside of you. And then you start saying, man, you know, I start to see the good inside of me and start celebrating, you know, my my beautiful identity and my the beautiful treasure I hold. And now I'm not living guarded. It's just really, really a beautiful process. And one thing I feel... Uh, I feel when you talked about, you know, that little defining moment, you know, like for Joel to say that it was a revelation that comes from God. And when God brings a revelation, there's mm-hmm. always the grace to deal with it. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. always uh, the grace or the ability to be able to process through what God reveals. And that that is so powerful. And I believe everyone that's listening now as uh, this is probably a pretty long podcast, but we're just kind of going into so many different areas. And I'm sure that there's areas that kind of like peaked on the inside of you. I go, yeah, I felt that way. Or yeah, I recognize this or I recognize that. Mm -hmm. It's not just because we're saying it. It's because the Holy Spirit is illuminating it to you. Mm -hmm. So there is going to be a grace for you to be able to deal with it. Because when you heard us say it, 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 a light bulb came on. Yeah. So you take that light bulb and you begin to go to this uh, to that the throne room of a father who loves you and values you and brought that revelation and is giving you the grace to be able to process through that. And on the other side of that, there's really going to be a lot of joy. I love how you pointed out that as I get greater freedom with this, that there's going to be a, a deeper love for people because I realize that the things that you hate, the things that you fear, you eventually hate. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Yes, that's right. And so maybe some of us have been struggling loving people because maybe it's really rooted in fear. And, yes. And it has nothing to do about the level of love that you have. Yeah. So I'm really excited about uh, what God's going to be doing in my life, you know, uh, dealing with this lie because it's going to bring freedom. It's going to give me greater levels of love and affection and empathy. Mm. Um, and also I realize if if God is going to be confronting uh, the fear of man in my life, then he also has something planned for me to do, Yes, yeah. which is exciting uh, that that I'm going to be stepping into some things that I might have might not have done before because what would people think or what does it look like? It might like? have been that wisdom, Mm -hmm. fake wisdom. It might have been fear disguised as wisdom. And now when the fear is gone and the love is secure, Mm -hmm. then there's a greater uh, courage to take risk. So good. Yeah. So I think as we wrap this up, uh, I think if you are someone who wants to walk in freedom from fear, um, go to the Holy Spirit and say, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, reveal an area of my life where I am walking in fear. And then as you do that, remember uh, the voice of God 
is truth and kind and for us and not against mm. us. Uh, the voice of the enemy is the accuser. And so if something is coming up and being revealed and it's coming at you as attacking or accusatory, that is not the voice of God. Mm. And so um, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Yes. It's his kindness that leads us to change our ways of thinking and our ways of believing. And so as you're doing that, recognize if it's coming at you, uh, attacking, you got to cast that thought down. That is not God. Uh, mm -hmm. Return that one to the sender. And um, but but when it's something that it, and it's coming with a, a peace and a grace and it's carrying the characteristics of God, those mm -hmm. are the ones that He's revealing because He wants to bring you freedom. The truth makes us free, and so we just really believe uh, as as we've walked in some of these things and are continuing to walk them out. We've experienced, we've tasted, uh, and seen the goodness of God as He reveals and heals. So we want that for you as well. So we just um, kind of commission you to go to go forth and and go after your freedom. We believe that there is such good on the other side of fear, uh, and that you're not going to have to stay trapped and and controlled under a fear monger anymore. So uh, we we champion you into this. We're we're for you, uh, and mm -hmm. we're excited to see uh, what God's going to do in your life. And some of you may be thinking, we only really talked about the first level of fear. Well, I would say just stay tuned, and we're, we're going to be talking about more and more of these things. So thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, partnering with us, and we are really excited about what God's doing through this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed, remember to shine your light, and have a great week. Thank you.